coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. And thanks for listening. Today you're listening to one of 15 episodes that I recorded with my wife, Rhea Story. So you'll be hearing both of us speak together. And we're speaking to you about a, a book that we actually wrote together called Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. And it's based on uh, a lot of principles that, that we learned along the way. And we'll share some personal stories, some things that are not in the book. But as you listen to this, if you enjoy listening to Rhea, and I'm pretty sure you will, make sure you check out her podcast, which you can find on your favorite app by searching for her name, Rhea, R-I-A, Story, S-T-O-R-Y. And uh, also, she's, she's all over LinkedIn. She puts out a lot of content. She's got a lot of books on leadership development and personal growth. So be sure to check out Rhea. I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, so today we're on part three of 15 in this uh, series on our book, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. Rhea and I are really excited to talk about this. Uh, today, we really like this one. Today's uh, topic is two ways to deal with change. What do you think about that, Rhea? I think it's exciting stuff. You know, really, when we talk about uh, change happens to all of us, and we've said that a couple of times over the, already over the course of this podcast series, but really, when it comes down to it, is there are only two ways to deal with change. We can either be proactive when change happens, or we can be reactive when change happens. So talk to that just a little bit, Mac, and, and share from your perspective what that means. Yeah, one thing that happens whenever change happens at work, there's a leader that's leading that change. And when the change happens... This happens without anybody really knowing it. Sometimes the leader doesn't even realize it's happening. And, and definitely a lot of times the people don't realize it's happening. That's why you want to teach this type of content. You want to take people through the book study so they can help develop their mindset around being proactive when change happens. But what happens is there's like a spotlight. If you think of someone, you know, doing a play on stage and they got the white spotlight shined on them and they're the only ones you can see at that moment. That's kind of the way it is because the, the leader can see everybody clearly he or she wants to know, you know, who's on board, who's supporting change, who's embracing change, uh, who's going to be leading change, and is there anybody out there that wants to champion change and, and help at that level with the leader? And so what's going to happen, though, as soon as change happens at work, the way you deal with it, whether it's proactive or reactive, it's going to increase or decrease your influence. If you deal with it proactively, that means you're, you're going to be part of the solution. You're going to help the leader figure out how do we make this happen and understand why the leader's doing it, why the organization's doing it and, and, and the, the win in it, look for the positive in it. Proactive people look for the positive in the change, change, change just to be change is not necessarily a good thing, but change to get better is always a good thing. So some people are proactive means meaning that they respond based on values. And the number one value that I'm talking about relative to this uh, series we're doing is valuing increasing my influence. Mm. If I'm at work, I want to increase my influence with the leaders and with those people around me. But when you're reactive, you're responding based on feelings. 
And there's a lot of things that could cause you not to feel so good about change, especially if it's happening directly to you or in your area. And then you may become resistant or negative and that kind of thing is going to decrease your influence. Yeah, to me, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have the perception or impression that being proactive means taking the initiative. And, and sure, that could be a part of being proactive. But really, to, to, for me, the best way to understand what proactive really means is to dig into what reactive really means. And you touched on it there, Mac. But, you know, being reactive means we respond to something based on our feelings and our emotions in the moment. Now, we're, we're all human. We all have feelings and emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. It's Andy Stanley, however, who reminds us our feelings are terrible leaders. Mm. And that's so powerful when change happens because most of the time there are feelings of, of fear or worry or uncertainty or, hey, I just don't like what's coming down the pipe. And so I want to be angry about it or frustrated with it, right? Now we're human. Those emotions are going to naturally occur sometimes in some situations, but we don't have to react to them, right? And if we are reactive, instead of proactive, we're responding to those emotions in the moment, instead of stopping to think about, is my response gonna help me increase my influence or is it decreasing my influence? Rather than being proactive, I can stop and say, you know what, I might not like this as much for me personally, but look at the benefits, look at the positives. It doesn't mean we ignore the downside. Being proactive doesn't mean pretending there aren't problems or, or roadblocks. It just means we're not focusing on them. We're instead focusing on solutions. That's good stuff, Rhea. So I, I want to read a, a quote uh, related to this. It's from Jim Rohn. It says, you must take personal responsibility. You cannot change the circumstances, the seasons, or the wind, but you can change yourself. That is something you have charge of. And you know that's why this book's titled Change Happens, Leading Yourself and and others through change because you got to lead yourself well first and I, i'll give you an example you know, from from my days uh in manufacturing i remember sometimes being out actually as a consultant and i was helping supporting these manufacturing companies when the uh the boss had come out on a friday afternoon and the people thought they were about to be off the weekend and he comes walking up and you can tell he ain't too happy and maybe shaking his head and he's saying i got bad news uh-oh. The, the sad thing is until he opened his mouth, he just had news. But when he opened his mouth, all of a sudden he he made sure everybody understood it was bad news. He he didn't have to say that, but he basically cast that blanket over it to start with because because he wanted to be the good guy. He didn't want them to blame him. People who are being reactive. So anyway, he gave I remember this time specifically he gave them some information about now they had to work the weekend. Some big orders had dropped in or something like that and last minute they needed to work the weekend and that sort of thing. So so, you know, he, he walks off after he gave them the bad news and, and after he had blamed the customers or the sales guys or whoever it was he was blaming, he, he walked off and, and then guess what the team did? They blamed the leader who had just given them the bad news mm-hmm. and the leader had trained them that when things change and you don't like it, blame somebody because that's exactly what he was doing. So when he walked off, they blamed him and then they were reactive and then they were reactive for the next couple of days over the weekend. But, you know, they talked about it at lunch, at break. They, the productivity was down. Maybe they was frustrated. And a lot of times what would happen is is they'd end up having to work the next weekend because they've, they've been frustrated all weekend and frustrated all during the week. And now, now they're behind when they could have done more work. So that's just an example of people being 
reactive when change happens. But uh, in the book we talk about, and I really learned it from Dr. Stephen Covey, but Covey learned it from Viktor Frankl. And it's, it's the most important thing I ever learned about leading myself well. It's the most important principle I ever learned was between stimulus and response, human beings have the freedom to choose their response. And before I ever heard that, I heard that in 2008, it changed my life. And what it did was help me become proactive, help me to establish values and then start responding based on those values. But I used to be a very reactive person. And I, I think a lot of people are naturally, but, but it's, you can develop this muscle just like going to the gym. You, you can get stronger muscles by working out. And when you understand that the goal is to increase your influence, you need to be proactive, respond based on values. And you do that over and over, you're going to get better at it. You start to think about it subconsciously to some degree. If you do it enough, it becomes a habit. Hmm. You know, you're exactly right. We all are. We all are that way naturally, right? Being reactive just means, hey, responding based on those feelings, those emotions. And it's James Hunter who uses the analogy of our inner two-year-old, right? He says, our, you know, we've got to put a leash on that inner two-year-old because responding to, to things when they go wrong as a two-year-old and, you know, laying on the floor and, and kicking a tantrum doesn't help us or the adult equivalent, right? That doesn't move us forward in life. That doesn't help us increase our influence. It doesn't help us be more successful. Um, it really just can turn us, you know, turn people away from us, people who maybe we had influence with, and now we have less influence because, you know, we let that inner two-year-old just kind of rule our, our emotions and our responses, and it doesn't serve us well, but, but we all naturally have those feelings. Again, it, the, the key is not having them or ignoring them or pretending they don't exist. It's just remembering that we don't have to choose the response based on them and that's a powerful principle personally and professionally because things are going to go wrong in life change is going to happen change that we don't like is going to happen much, much of it we cannot control um, but responding proactively serves us so much better particularly in the long term because our choices compound over time so it's a powerful principle it's just you know realizing that regardless of the situation that we find ourselves in, we have the ability to choose how we respond to it. It's not always an easy choice. You know, we know that, but, but it is always a choice, you know, just like, at, you know, when I left home and, and after going through being abused and, and later um, trafficked by my father and realizing after I left home, I could choose my response to that situation and I could use it as an excuse. I could let it hold me back in life or I could choose to be better because of it, right? We take what happens and we can be bitter about it or better because of it. That doesn't mean it's easy to do, but, but it's absolutely our greatest freedom. Um, Viktor Frankl said, when I can no longer change a situation, I am challenged to change myself. But many times we have the power to change or improve our situation, particularly when change is happening, we just have to, to learn to look for those opportunities and leverage them. That's good stuff, Rhea. You, you, you're putting out some good stuff. And, you know, change, when change happens, there, there's always a challenge. And mm. what's cool about it is if you have a proactive mindset, you're, you're looking for change to happen at work. Because when, when change happens, remember I've shared with you before, when change happens, some people whine, some people shine. <laughs> people who are proactive know that. And 
one principle that relates to this is is being the first to help. The person who's always the first to help is the person who usually gets the most influence. They're the ones that's, that's who who is remembered by the person who needs the help. So when a leader casts some vision and implements change in an organization, the, the first to help that leader is, is going to have a massive gain in the influence department because that leader is going to you know, start asking them questions and opinions and, and they're going to get input and that sort of stuff. But something else is going to happen. When all these other people are whining and you start shining, the, they get, a lot of times they're going to see you in a bad way. Mm-hmm. They're going to see, uh, you know, in the, in the blue collar space, people say pretty common. They say, you know, starting to brown nose the boss. That's not a, a great term, but it's a common term in the blue collar language. Uh, or people are sucking up to the boss or kissing, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, that's the way they'll start talking about you. When you become proactive in a workplace full of whiners, you begin to shine. That's what happens. So you, you got to have a whole lot of leadership principles inside of you. You got to have a lot of values in place to be able to deal with all that because normally when everybody's resisting, everybody's just resisting. But as soon as someone's proactive and steps up and starts leading themselves well, now they be, they kind of get on the other side of the fence and the people who are resisting now start resisting them. Instead of just bad-mouthing the boss, they start bad-mouthing, bad-mouthing the person. So it's another key reason why you can't, be reactive. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't be. It's a choice. Choose to be proactive. Mm. You got to get over those emotions of stop worrying about what everybody thinks about you. Start leading your yourself well. Build your own brand. You are your own business. Build that business, and you build it by shining, not by whining. If you were, if you were the boss, you had a imagine everything's the same except for one thing with two people. Whenever change happens. One of these people, both of them are rock stars. You can't tell the difference, except for one thing. Whenever change happens, one of them moans and groans and whines about it for three or four days, and then they get on board and they rock and roll. The other one never moans, groans, and whines. They're proactive right out of the gate. Both of them are rock stars, but one of them jumps in, gets, puts it in gear, starts helping you, starts figuring out how do we make this happen, and, and, and they help you make it happen. So both of them eventually make you ha- help you make it happen, but one of them moans and groans for a couple of days and talks to other people and gets gets those other people moaning and groaning. Imagine you had the ability to give one of those people a raise. Would it be the whiner or the shiner? It's, mm. it's common sense, right? Or imagine there's a downturn in the economy. You got to let one of those folks go. Is it going to be the whiner or the shiner? All this stuff's common sense, but doing it often requires uncommon sense to actually act on what you know is the right thing to do. If you want to build your business, you want to increase your influence at work. Why would you ever whine about change? You wouldn't. You'd get engaged. You'd look for the wins. Yeah. You know, the reactive person will blame anyone and anything else for their circumstances and will just choose to, to not do anything positive in response. And then they therefore become part of the problem instead of the solution. Versus the reactive person, that shiner that you're talking about will step up and just take individual responsibility and say, you know what, I might not can change everything here, but what can I change? What can I do? What solution can we, can we come to? What can we figure out? And so many times, you know, I, I say this over and over, but we, f- we find what we go looking for, right? When we start looking for problems, that's exactly what we're going to find. When we start looking for solutions, 
that's what we're going to find. And being proactive will help you manage those all too human emotions and just say, you know what, they're, they're there, but I'm not going to choose to focus on them. All right. So I want to share a little nugget right here that, that I, I say, I don't know if I heard this from somebody at some point in the past, or I just picked it up, but it's true. And I've said it for a long time and maybe I come up with it on my own, but basically it goes like this. The more we complain, the less we obtain. Mm. It doesn't matter <laughs> if we're on the front lines or, or if we are a leader, the, the more we complain, the less we obtain in life at work and also in life in general. But I want to shift a little bit to talking about the leader. We kind of been talking about in general, which you could be the leader or you could be the frontline type person, uh, entry level. It doesn't matter the things we've been talking about, but this second half of each, each podcast, we're kind of going to shift to talk about leading others through whatever topic we're talking about. So we're talking about being proactive or reactive, but we're also talking about how do you, how does that apply to leading others? But I want to share a quote from uh, my friend, mine and Rhea's friend, Amir Ganad. He actually wrote a book called The Transformative Leader. If you haven't read that, maybe you want to put that one on your list. I got a lot out of it. I actually enjoyed reading it. And Amir uh, tells some great stories in there to, to teach lessons on uh, transformation, personal transformation. Uh, being, he says, being intentional about discovering the hidden ways in which we sabotage ourselves empowers us to expose and eliminate these invisible culprits. So what he's talking about is, is basically what we've been talking about. How do we sabotage ourselves? We don't even know it because when change happens, you can rest assured those responsible for implementing the change are, are watching you. It's what I talked about. When I'm talking about the spotlight being on you, that's what I mean. Someone is watching you. And, and when you're talking about the leader, they want to know several things. Are you with them or against them mm -hmm. relative to the change that they're trying to, to lead? They want to know, can they trust you? You know, are you, are you on board? Or are you at the break table or the break room, bad mouthing the leader and the change and that sort of thing. And as a leader, I want to know, you know, will, will, will you help me or will you hurt me? Because I got to carry out this mission. A lot of people on the front lines or entry level, they don't understand when change happens. A lot of times, sometimes a leader may not be on board, but if they're being proactive, you ain't never going to know they're not on board because they're going to be proactive about it. They're going to make it happen. They're going to be supporting it. They're going to be carrying it out. And that's the way it ought to be. If you got a leader, when change happens, if that leader comes out and bad mouths the boss and the company and the, the big dogs and, and the sales folks and the customers for buying something or changing something, that's crazy. They're, they're being reactive and they're casting that vision all across their team. They're going to mm -hmm. infect the team. This stuff is contagious. Oh, negative energy is so much more contagious than positive energy, isn't it? Yeah, talk about that, Rhea. Yeah, you know, you, we see that. It's, it is. It's just negative energy is much more contagious, infectious. Um, it's easier to pull people down than it is to, to lift them up, right? For whatever reason, it's just, it's, we're so much more susceptible to, to negative in energy and you know the things that people say affect us our environment affects us but what's around us can affect us and influence us it doesn't determine us it doesn't mean we have to make bad decisions if if someone else is being negative and complaining it doesn't mean that we have to follow them down that path but it's much harder to be positive and proactive if 
your leader or that environment doesn't support those those good choices, right? If the if the environment is toxic or if the leader is being reactive and they're whining and complaining, they're setting the example. And so only a very high impact value-driven person is gonna be able to be very proactive under those circumstances. Yeah, leaders shoot themselves in the foot a lot of times. They, they, they seem, I don't know why, it's common sense to me. Maybe it's from reading these books every day since 2008, I don't know, but I had it a lot naturally before I ever started reading these books, I understood what leaders were doing, but Whenever leaders being reactive, responding on their emotions, mm. it's just infecting the team. When the leader walks off, the team does the same thing. And if you're going to lead people through change, you got to do it proactively if you want to be effective. If you want to have less stress, if you want to have less frustration. See, when you don't have influence, you become frustrated. So a lot of, a lot of leaders, when change happens, they're frustrated. Some leaders, because they're proactive when change happens, they got a team of people who gets in gear, gets engaged. I often say, you know, none of us is as smart as all of us. None of us is as creative as all of us. Uh, none of us is as strong as all of us. What I'm saying there is, as a team, we got to be working together for that to happen. We got to synergize using Dr. Covey's uh, seven habit language, but we got to synergize. We got to come together and come up with a better solution. So when change happens, you actually need a lot of solutions because things are changing. We're doing things different than we've ever done before. That's why it's called change. Mm. So we need new ideas to make it efficient, efficient or to make it safe or to make sure that we keep quality, all that kind of stuff. We've got to be proactively engaged and uh, too many leaders are reactive, but many of them are reactive because they've never had any leadership development training of any type. The kind of stuff we talk about in this book, it'll help you. Even if you've never had any leadership development training, there's a lot of leadership principles in here. But to do much of what's in this book, you, you need, uh, many people require a lot of personal growth and development. So that's why we have a lot of our other books. We got so many different topics. But a lot of times when change happens, that's when the, the rubber hits the road and people get what they're positioned to get. And a lot of times it's resistance. Most often it's resistance. The only way it's not going to be resistance if if there's been a proactive leader on the front end planning for change, trying to help develop the mindset of people who don't resist change and they know why they don't want to. They want to grow and develop their brand. Mm. How would you say, because uh, you have grown in such a tremendous amount over the past um, 12, 12, 13 years, how would you say that has affected your perspective on change? Because you've been, you know, I think I said this earlier or in the last podcast episode, you have kind of naturally been good at embracing change. Like you, you know, that it just, you enjoy it uh, even. And so how has, how has your personal growth, how has that changed your perspective when change happens um, over the last 10, 12, 13 years? Yeah, me learning it actually, because I am this way kind of naturally, but I learned by studying and learning the principles in the, that we talk about in this book. You know, I, I studied a lot of them, learned them somewhere else. It doesn't matter where I was learning them, but we fill this book up with them. What it did was allow me to articulate it in a way that other people could begin to think like I was thinking mm -hmm. you know, and to do the things for the reason that, that I was doing it. You know, I didn't always, I didn't ever say, hey, I'm trying to be positive when change happens so I can get a promotion. I just thought like that automatic because I knew if I embrace change that the leader was going to see me in a positive light and 
I didn't go around and teach everybody that, but in this book, we talk about that sort of thing. So when I started learning and growing, it gave me an entirely different language, uh, tool set, skill set, whatever you want to call it, but it's really a language of how to articulate this in a way that help motivate and inspire people to actually want to be proactive. Like we're talking about doesn't, it doesn't happen naturally. And some people, you got to help them a lot to get them to think that way. Yeah, I was just curious because I, you know, I know that uh, I, I'm not naturally as as quick to adapt to change as you are, and so I can remember times in over my career that, you know, I was more reactive than proactive, particularly early on in my career, and I can just I can point to some situations where it, I lost influence because of it. And yet, as I've grown and learned and, you know, I've been intentional about developing, developing myself, I got not, you know, I got better at that and being more proactive in all dimensions of life, but particularly when change happens. And so I was curious to, to hear how much it had impacted your leadership and um, perspective and journey. And you're right. I think that, you know, as we study these principles, they are the, the language of influencing other people. And just like if we move to a foreign country but we don't learn the language, it's really difficult to increase our influence in that foreign country. So if we study and learn these principles relative to personal growth and influence with other people, it becomes so much easier to actually apply them. Um, it won't happen automatically, right? Just to, just to read them is not enough. Just like this book. If you just read the book, it's not going to help you. If you read the book and, and apply it and start to use these principles, you won't get it all right to begin with, but you apply them and learn and apply them and learn and grow. And over time, you can, you can absolutely get better about uh, increasing your influence. Yeah, and for me, you know, in 2008, when I started my own lean consulting business, I mean, what that basically means is leading change, leading people through change. And again, that's the same year. And I had been doing it for quite a few years working inside of a, a company and I supported other plant managers in different states and in Mexico. But uh, when I started doing it on my own it was the same exact year that I started reading these books. And hmm. the first thing I figured out was teaching people this stuff was going to help me have more influence as a leader because it's going to get them to buy into leading themselves well. So as a leader, if, if I get my team to lead themselves well, it makes my job easier. Oh, because, absolutely. Because if they won't lead themselves well, then that's my challenge. I got to try to lead them well and get them to, to buy into stuff they don't want to buy into. So I think I might have shared before, maybe not. But when I started learning this, I started teaching this every week, every new team I got every week because they were very resistant to change. And that's that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode is is uh resisting change and, and and touch on that a little bit but every week i started every monday with a team of people most of them were resisting change so i started teaching them this type of content on purpose for four hours on monday to get their mindset right so they wasn't mad at me they wasn't mad at the boss they they wasn't mad because they had to change and they helped them understand what's in it for them what's the win and get them bought into telling each other what's in it for them because we're trying to make things better and if they want to have a voice in making it better they, they gotta get engaged they can't just continue to be resistance or someone else is going to decide their fate relative to that specific change so mm. just learning it created the space for me to share it and i mean that's why we're doing it today that's why we wrote the book 
Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to share one quote as we as we wrap up this podcast episode. William James said, human beings, by changing the inner attitudes of their minds can change the outer aspects of their lives. And that's what we've been talking about for this whole episode is, is learning to proactively embrace leverage and lead change. Um, we can increase our influence. And that really is, you know, a mindset shift, right? Inner attitude of the mind that is going to change and improve our outer circumstances. Maybe not immediately, but in some cases, yes, absolutely immediately. Um, but even more powerfully over time. All right. So on our next episode, we're going to be talking about resisting change. We're going to be sharing the three reasons some of us resist change. And I'm going to share a story about, uh, a guy that when I met him on one of those Monday mornings, he wanted to cut my throat that morning. About 10 minutes after I met him, he <laughs> shared that with me. So uh, if you want to hear that story, make sure you come back for part four of 15. And, and, and I'll give you an example of someone resisting change on one of the teams that I was leading. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others, now available on audio, along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.